Well, the rules we've been following to try to get through this pandemic are coming under more and more scrutiny and opposition these days. It would seem, at least, I think a lot of us are still following along, but there is a lot of frustration. Some provinces this week certainly went quickly to drop COVID-related restrictions, or at least uh, protections, while others are moving ahead slowly, such as Quebec. And uh, Ontario, we expect to announce some plans coming up. Well, it seems suddenly people really are fed up with these public health rules, at least a pretty vocal minority is, um, or at least with the government's imposing them. Maybe that's more to the point. It's not really the rules, it's the government's imposing them they don't have any faith in. Um, so what is happening and what impact could it have long term if suddenly we don't trust public health? We're not really sure about the governments when they need us to do things that are good for our health or at least protect us in ways that they think are important. To answer those questions, I'm joined by Vardit Ravitsky. She's a professor of bioethics at the University of Montreal and at Harvard's Medical School. Welcome to the show. My pleasure. I know you've watched this throughout the pandemic, but how much do you feel the way we've interacted has changed over the past two, two plus years? It really changed for the worse. And it's honestly breaking my heart. Because if you remember March 2020 and then the spring, there was such a sense of unity. Do you remember the mantra, we're all in it together? Uh, we were shut down at home. Uh, healthcare providers were heroes, essential workers. Uh, were, everybody was cheering them. There was such a sense of, of togetherness. And if you look at what happened ever since then, constant polarization, constant division. Um, you know, as a public health uh professional, I thought that once we get the vaccines, we will be even more unified. How naive was I? I thought we would all cheer for science, for bringing us this miracle that they were developed so fast. They're more effective than we hoped. They're safer than we hoped. To, to think that the vaccines were the first crack that we started um, getting so polarized around this issue is just one of the saddest uh, uh, phenomena that, that socially. From a bioethicist's standpoint, what do you think is behind the, the sort of the lack of so, or at least, I mean, most people, in all fairness, most people are vaccinated, but you're right. There has been this polarization, not just around the idea of the vaccines or getting the vaccines, but having to prove you've been vaccinated. Uh, where do you think it started? Where do you think the fab, social fabric has started to fray and why? Um, I think there are two main factors. The first one is that as Canadians, as citizens of the global uh, North, we're really used to our rights and our freedoms being the core value of our democratic societies. We're not used to being limited uh, for the reasons that public health puts forward. Uh, we're used to making our own medical decisions. We're used to having our mobility. No one has the right to tell me where to go, who to see, how to express myself, etc. And that is still the case. And it's, it's great that we live like that. But a public health crisis changes the rules of the game temporarily with an emphasis on temporarily. And I think at first we put up with this notion that the government tells us to stay home and not to see our grandparents. And after a while, uh, we got tired of it. And we asked, started asking ourselves, is it justified that you, the government, you public health authorities are limiting me in such an extensive way? Um, so I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of people have called it pandemic fatigue. It's not just fatigue in the sense of uh, respecting public health measures. It's a general deep fatigue from not having the same 
stance, the same standing that I've had as a citizen in a liberal democracy that I've always had. The second element, I think, is the deep uh, mistrust in science that started way before the pandemic. I don't know if you remember now that before the pandemic even started, we had scientists demonstrating um, for their uh, credibility, for the fact that what they do is uh, employ a method that is not just one more opinion thrown into the mix. Um, so we had a major crisis in public trust in science before the pandemic. And I think the pandemic exacerbated it in a dramatic way for two reasons. First of all, the public saw how the sausage is made. Science doesn't happen overnight. It's not like we discover a fact and then we know that that is it. It's a process. We had to learn what the virus is, how it operates, how it makes us sick, what is effective in slowing down transmission. We had to develop the vaccines. All of that took time. And along that time, the messages were changing and shifting. So people who don't understand the scientific process, what do they hear? You told us no masks. Yeah, now you tell us yes masks. You told us three feet. Now it's six feet. You told us vaccines are not safe yet. Now all of a sudden they are safe. All people are hearing is the shifting messages. And they don't understand that that is the responsible way to operate because we're responding to data. We're responding to a better understanding of what is happening. And so the crisis in, in uh, trust in science has deepened. And now people are looking at the measures and they say it's all politics. There's no science behind it. That is, of course, false. But it's just very difficult to communicate to the public that the public health measures are changing because we know more and more, because we're more and more certain about what we need to do. Do you think there's any way to bring that cohesion back or is it, have we now gone into a different phase now of this pandemic and let's call it the frustrated phase where, whereby people are going to stop listening because there's, you're right. When you listen to the messaging over the past two years, due to the way the science, the understanding of COVID has evolved, the measures have evolved. So now after two years, anybody who wants to cast doubt on anything can always find something to hang their hat on some contradiction that happened at some point. Um, this sort of, I do my own research uh, phase of this. Do you think, that, do you think <laughs> yeah. there's any, uh, yeah, those words. Do you think there's any way to bring this back? Um, I think there are two levels uh, in terms of bringing back more social cohesion. One is the long-term game. And that is public education and public engagement and a better way of debating what science is how science is done, and what it contributes to our lives. And that is a very long-term goal. We have been doing it for decades. We'll keep doing it. It's really a shame that whether or not science works has become a political issue. It is not a political issue. And uh, just you know, relentlessly continuing the, on the path of public engagement and public education about science in general. That's one thing. The second thing has to do with the pandemic. Like everybody else, I really hope that Omicron um, increased our uh, you know, overall immunity and that we are not, God forbid, facing a new variant that would be as transmissible as Omicron and as lethal as Delta. If that happens, we're screwed. We're back to more extreme public health measures. 
the context of a more divided society. And that would be really, really bad. If we are actually getting out of it now, which I hope with everybody else, then a lot of these debates will just naturally stay behind us. We will remember that point in history where we were fighting about vaccine certificates, but they will disappear because they no longer will be needed. They will not disappear because some minority was screaming and blocking streets. That's nonsense. They will disappear because they will not be needed anymore from a public health perspective. And families will be reunited. Um, the, the political divide will uh, slowly d- diminish because it no longer will be an issue that, you know, the media is worried about or anybody's worried about. And we'll just go back to normal. So that's in the short term, I think, when, we, when the pandemic eases up, uh, these divisions will ease up with it. I'm back with Vardit Ravitsky, professor of bioethics at the University of Montreal and at Harvard Medical School. We've been talking about the evolution of just how people are behaving towards science, towards the pandemic, uh, and sort of the fraying of a social cohesion that we had at the beginning and what's behind it. Um, you made a very good point as in, in the last segment when you were talking about the fact that if, in fact, we get beyond the pandemic, one assumes a lot of these rifts will heal. Um but do you think this will still be a taboo subject within? I mean, will we not be able to talk about the pandemic with people who say didn't get vaccinated or people didn't agree with vaccine mandates if we did? Do you think there's still a lot of tension there? I haven't seen this kind of tension around a medical or science issue um, ever, really. Uh, true, because uh, this is unprecedented. We have never had to pay such a high personal price uh, during a public health crisis before. But if you remember, before COVID, there were parents who refused to vaccinate their kids. And we started seeing measles outbreaks in certain locations where measles has almost disappeared before. Um, It was very tense around vaccines for many years. This is not a new issue. Um, It was just more pockets uh, of concern rather than a global phenomenon, which is uh, what, what happened now. Um, I think the tensions will remain for a while, and especially in the cases where friendships were hurt and families torn apart over this, uh, it will take time to heal. Um, We've had in Quebec a case of a judge that took away a dad's right to see his kid because he was anti-vax. We saw people moving out from from their homes because a partner refused to be vaccinated, Uh, and we definitely saw a lot of friendships collapse over this issue. So I think on an emotional level, on a, at a personal level, uh, we will take a while to heal. Do you worry at all about the damage this has done to the credibility of science when so much around other matters, such as climate change, depend on people trusting the science behind things? And there are always people who will benefit from doubting the science. I actually think it's one of the greatest risks we face right now, because exactly as you say, our ability to prepare for the next pandemic our ability to cope with climate change. So much of the big threats of the future depend on public and political support for science. And the damage that has been done over the last two years is very, very scary. Um, Again, I am heartbroken because when the pandemic started and I saw how uh, science is contributing, how hundreds of millions of lives have been spared because of the vaccines, because of the public health measures that science informed. And instead of the entire planet being grateful and falling on its knees in gratitude and saying, okay, you have now shown us that science and technology have the capacity to save hundreds of millions of lives, 
So we will follow your advice going forward. What we're actually seeing is the opposite, which blows my mind, saddens me to no end, and means that we're facing very difficult um, times uh, going forward. What would you say to politicians who take advantage of these divisions to sow doubt in the science? Um, I say that the myopic uh, short-term view um, of exploiting this crisis for votes, uh, our children and grandchildren will end up paying the price for that. Because if, for example, we slow down our investment in research, research on vaccines, research on genetics, uh, research about uh, climate change, um, it's not even our generations, you and I, who will pay the price. It's, it's the future. And so exploiting politically uh, these social cracks right now to make, uh, a quick, uh, to make quick political profit for the upcoming elections is so deeply irresponsible um, and so uh, ethically misguided because this will cost lives, whether it's the next pandemic or, uh, or climate change, this will cost lives if we don't invest in the research and the infrastructure to um, prepare for the coming threats. Bart Ravitsky, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me.